Hello, and welcome to another American Road Trip Talk, where you meet the people behind the colorful content of our American Road magazine. I'm Foster Brown, your host. Tom Holm is a man on a mission to change the way Americans travel our favorite roadways without becoming enslaved to foreign oil-based fuel. In early 2011, Tom completed a 10,000-mile eco-trek from coast to coast and back, powered solely by cellulosic ethanol. It's a fuel derived from corn husks, stalks, and other plant byproducts, and is currently produced by a company named Poet. We'll hear more about them in a future podcast. But today's conversation with Tom talks about the incredible event that turned his life around 180 degrees to plant-based fuels and is now leading him on a quest that could have profound impact on the defense of our nation. Before we hear that story, I want to thank the city of St. Joe, Missouri for sponsoring this American Road Trip Talk. Make history this year and bring the family to St. Joseph, Missouri and make it a vacation they'll never forget. In St. Joseph, you'll discover 150 years of history where the Pony Express began and Jesse James ended. Experience history. Make history. Go to stjomo.com. This gentleman started on the West Coast, and he's worked his way back across the country with a very special mission. I'm talking about Tom Holm, and I'm talking about Echo Trek. Tom, welcome to American Road Trip Talk. Thanks, Foster. Thanks for having me on. Tom, why don't you talk a little bit, first of all, about what Echo Trek is and what you have been doing, well, almost 10,000 miles worth of driving. Well, uh, the Eco Trek Foundation is about promoting um, and educating the public about renewable fuels and materials. Uh, I've been working with companies like General Motors, Ford, Kia, Mercedes-Benz, on uh, identifying different materials that can be used in their vehicles that are made from recycled and or recyclable products and focusing on uh, vehicles that are flex fuel and, uh, and diesel primarily so that we could run things like cellulosic ethanol uh, or biodiesel uh, in the diesel vehicles. Mm-hmm. And uh, the 10,000-mile uh, <clears throat> trip that I'm, I've been working on uh, for the last, well, I guess it's been about three months now, is just an extension of probably the million miles I've driven across America wow. uh, testing out different renewable fuels mm-hmm. with the hopes that we can educate the public about really focusing on the importance of supporting American farmers um, and uh, American technology uh, and using fuels made from their products as opposed to sending all of our energy dollars overseas mm-hmm. to countries that often mm-hmm. don't like us. How did you get involved in this and, and, and started in this whole pro, uh, <laughs> venture? Uh, I actually had a television show about 10 years ago called Adventure Highway, and um, it was uh, similar to the type of content you have in your publication. Yeah. Um, just getting getting on the American road, uh, driving, taking one trip to one destination and doing one adventure sport. Um, so we did 30 episodes, and they were fantastic. And on my last episode, I had a, a valet in um, Santa Cruz, California, just point out to me that I was driving a big 4x4 pickup truck that was just fueling out pollution into his community. <laughs> and uh, he pointed this out by, by scratching, by using my key for my truck to actually scratch in expletives on the side of the truck I couldn't see. 
And uh, when I found out about it, I was furious. Uh, but I also, the same day, got a call from my wife that my son, uh, who was diagnosed with leukemia, mm. had taken a, a very severe turn for the worse. And uh, again, on the same day, uh, Wolf Blitzer announced that soldier number 2000 died in Iraq. So I felt that there was a supreme being looking down on me and saying, i got to get on a different path. Mm -hmm. So literally, the next day, I started selling all my vehicles and uh, converted everything I had to run on different renewable fuels. And subsequently, my son became captain of the water polo team and is now uh, training to be a Navy SEAL, so he's been cured. Oh, my Um, goodness, what a turnaround. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I, I, I think I was cured, too, of, uh, you know, driving these polluting vehicles. And um, I've really uh, put a lot of effort into uh, focusing on re- uh, domestic renewable fuels and really trying to get this country to, to heal itself um, and uh, realize that we need to keep our resources here in America and really mm-hmm. try to rejuvenate our own economy, and, and uh, renewable fuels is a good way to do that. But you're talking about now with the uh, cellulosic uh, fuel actually departing completely from that um, uh, oil base and moving entirely into a plant base for yep. the fuels. As an environmentalist, the, the prospect of developing cellulosic ethanol is just... Uh, such a major step forward in that um, we're using parts of the plant that aren't used for food. So as as farmers are out there um, growing corn, now they can separate uh, the uh, the kernel, which can be used for food, right. and the residue, which is the distover, the, the husk, the cob, that can be an additional revenue source for the farmer and it's something that doesn't compete with the, the uh, food source. It's really a, a major revolutionary step. It's a leap forward, and Poet has been uh, the forerunner in developing this this technology that now enables us uh, to to use non-food products to create fuel. It creates an additional revenue source for farmers while not using any additional fertilizer. Mm-hmm. Uh, any additional water or or energy to create this additional uh, revenue source and fuel source. That has been, and that has been a really key point there because some of the criticism I've heard in the past is in using corn base, for instance, to make a fuel that we are robbing from. Uh, we're, we're raising world food prices, and uh, you know, there's been a tremendous battle actually between environmentalists and farmers, yeah. which seems like a strange battle. You know, I didn't. I don't really want to get caught up in in that argument. Um, I sure. I love the fact that I can kind of take the higher ground here. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, I think there was a lot of uh, negative uh, propaganda uh, regarding um, the the inflated fuel costs. I mean, the inflated uh, food costs. I don't really think that was nearly as bad as the oil companies led us to believe. Uh-huh. But all that aside. I can take the higher ground, and so can Poet, and so can the producers of cellulosic ethanol, and say, forget that argument altogether. We're now creating fuel from a non-food source, and mm-hmm. it's actually creating additional revenue source for mm-hmm. farmers, which theoretically should actually help drop or help stabilize food costs. How available are these kinds of alternative fuels for people who want to continue to enjoy 
the beauty of America through its, you know, these great two-lane highways. Is it still a rather difficult process to find a consistent source of that alternative fuel? You know, it is, but um, but it, that's changing. Um, you know, there there was uh, uh, there's been a, just major advancements in getting uh, fuel out there. So uh, ethanol, ethanol is already available th- throughout much of the country, mm-hmm. and it's yes. becoming more and more available. Well, because that infrastructure is already set up and gr- and exploding right now, I mean, it's really growing quickly right now. Cellulosic ethanol is going to be available throughout the entire country uh, within just a, a couple of years. Uh, diesel and biodiesel uh, are becoming more and more available. The beauty of of, of, uh, of biodiesel and cellulosic ethanol is that they're used in engines that can accommodate um, the petroleum counterpart. So, if you're using, if you have a flex fuel vehicle, mm-hmm. and there are 10 million flex fuel vehicles in America, you can use gasoline, cellulosic ethanol, or any combination of the two. If you have a diesel vehicle, you can use diesel, right. biodiesel, or any combination of the two. So that means you can be anywhere in the country and still be able to fill up your tank. Now, Tom, you've done a lot of driving. Have you found a, a performance hit uh, that comes from the cellulosic uh, products versus, uh, you know, regular old gasoline or diesel? With minor adjustments uh, to the vehicles, um, you can actually get uh, uh, equal equal fuel economy uh-huh. with, uh, with with the ethanol. And a really good example of that is the Indy Race League uses uh, ethanol in their race cars. Mm. And so if you go to the Indy 500, all of the cars are running on E99, 99% ethanol. And they actually had to put smaller fuel tanks in those race cars because they were getting such good uh, fuel economy, they weren't <laughs> going into the, the pit. And people love to watch the cars pit. So they had to... They went from a 30-gallon tank to a 22-gallon tank. <laughs> well, Tom, yeah, how, exactly. in, in terms of your own projects now, what's your, your next venture? Uh, you know, I'm really glad you asked. Um, I just uh, have been selected by the U.S. Department of Defense to help them uh, build. Uh, we're going to actually design, build, and test uh, different renewable fuel vehicles. And uh, with the... Uh, uh, the initial vehicles will be used for non-tactical uh, purposes, mm-hmm. um, and then and then the next step would be to actually put them in combat situations. So the wow. vehicles that I get to build, and I'm just so happy to be doing this for for our country. I'll be building vehicles that can use uh, biofuels that can run in trucks, airplanes, uh, unmanned aircraft, boats, and tanks. All the same fuel will actually be uh, able to use biofuels made in America to protect our country. How long do you yeah. think it'll take to ramp up to a place where we've really got some a viable alternative? You know, where you're not hunting for the alternative fuel pumps, but that we'll see them in such great numbers that it'll become, and the car companies will start to respond with engines tuned to that. I think it's a matter not of when the car companies are going to come around or when the fuel companies are going to come around. It's when we're going to come around. Mm. We have to stop passing the buck and start taking personal responsibilities for our choices and start choosing renewable fuels to operate our vehicles. 
Tom Holm, it's been a delight talking with you. Tom is uh, the man who is the uh, person behind Echo Trek. I'm looking forward to this cellulose-based uh, fuel revolution that I hope is coming very, very soon. It, it's on its way, and I'm going to keep on fighting and keep on driving until it's available <laughs> for all of us. Well, you may not have liked having a, your vehicle getting keyed on that day, but it sounds like that was a historic moment and a turning point, not just for you, but for a lot of other drivers. And I certainly hope that our American Road uh, listeners and uh, readers will enjoy many, many happy miles on these new fuels as well. Tom, thanks so much for being part of our American Road magazine conversation. Thank you very much. This American Road Trip Talk has been brought to you by St. Joseph, Missouri. Make history this year and bring the family to St. Joseph, Missouri, and make it a vacation they'll never forget. In St. Joseph, you'll discover 150 years of history, where the Pony Express began and Jesse James ended. Experience history. Make history. Go to stjomo.com. I hope you enjoyed this podcast, and will join me here again soon as we travel more of the American road and get to know the fascinating people we meet along the way. Don't forget to visit our website at AmericanRoadMagazine.com for our most recent issue, blogs, travel tips, special deals, and so much more. Or find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for the latest American Road news. For the American Road Magazine, I'm Foster Brown, reminding you that the joy is in the journey.